I watched this reel yesterday of a mom packing up her baby clothes and donating them. And then there was this voiceover of a mom reading a poem about kids growing up and being not ready to say goodbye to this chapter and that it's a grief that we feel, even though it's not a bad thing. We want our babies to grow and to be independent and spread their wings and not just fly. We want them to soar, but soaring means they don't need us in the way we may want them to need us. I watched this reel and I literally broke down in my kitchen and sobbed. I mean, ugly cried, like needed tissues to blow my nose because I cried so hard. Life just moves so darn quickly. And I look at my babies and my first, we're starting to look at colleges with her. I have two more years before she is out the door and my middle. She's going into high school, which is bittersweet because I probably hate middle school more than she does. But with high school comes a whole other world of being independent and less time that she'll actually want to spend with me. And my baby, my sunshine, he's stepping up from elementary school. And that is probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with so far as a mom. I'm not a helicopter parent at all, but I've always been very involved in the kids' school and in their classrooms. I've been a class parent since Ashley was in first grade, and the only year I missed is when I was on the PTA, and even then I was at every school event. The thought of not having the elementary school moments anymore, no more class parties, chaperoning class trips, no more walking to school, the hugs at the door, and the holidays are a whole other thing. The innocence and the magic of the Easter Bunny, of Santa, the elf, trying to catch the leprechaun, it all just makes me really sad. Then shortly after watching that reel, I came across a quote by Dr. Seuss. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. So I'm going to try really hard to focus on that, to be so grateful for all of it. And I can honestly say that I can look back and not really have regrets that I wasn't there for it. I worked. I did miss some things, but I made it a point to be present. And I still do. I use my PTO days for class parties, to go in late, to get their hair done on Wacky Wednesdays. And when I felt like I wanted to do more or I was missing out, I made the career change to be able to work from home so that I wouldn't miss anything. Today's episode is about our babies, about parenting. It's also kind of like a part two to last week's episode about the five love languages. Did you know that each of our kids have their own love language too? They might still be a little young to identify which one they are, but they have it. And if you have more than one kid, then they probably differ from each other. So today, I will walk you through how to incorporate love languages into your parenting. Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work, with time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom-Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode of Mom Wife Career Life. As a working mom, we don't actually have a lot of time in the day with our children, especially if you work outside the home. You might be there in the morning to help them get up, get dressed and fed, and drop them off to daycare or school, but then you're off to work, and then you're gone for over eight hours, and then home for dinner, maybe a little quality time, or if your kids are a little older, you're running them to activities, and then home, and then bed. You might have the weekends, but that's like a quarter of the week, so when you look at the time you actually get to spend with your kids, 
you really need to make it a point to be intentional with that time. Time is not going to slow down. So you need to make the most of the time you have. And that is definitely something I teach you and I stress in my coaching sessions. If you buy a coaching package, we first clean up your week. We remove all the things that are literally wasting your time. We build efficiencies in your schedule so that we can make time for the things that really matter, the self-care, the time with your partner, and the quality time with your kids. And that's just to name a few. But that time with your kids is so important. And not to make myself cry again, but there are only a few years where you will be there everything and that they will want to actually spend time with you. Once middle school comes around, that time drops significantly. Once high school hits, it can be non-existent. So if you need help getting your time in order so that you can make the space for the things that really matter, book a free discovery call with me today. You can check out my website for more info. It's momwifecareerlife.com or just check out my show notes for the link. I was meeting with a client recently and she has two daughters around the same age difference as my girls. And we were talking about how different they are and how it could be very frustrating. And if your kids are a little older, a little independent, you see it more and more. You might have one that loves to keep their room clean while the other might be a little bit of a slob, one that stays on top of their schoolwork while the other one you need to stay on top of them, one that loves to dance, the other's into sports. And it's great that they are different. They are unique in their own way. But that also means that they may have different love languages too. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, definitely go listen to it and learn about the different love languages. Incorporating love languages into your parenting can really build that connection with your children and improve your entire family dynamic. Just a little recap from last week. The concept of the five love languages comes from the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. In the book, he breaks down the five ways that most people express and experience love. And those ways are either through words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So here are my tips on how to incorporate it into your parenting. First, you need to take the time to really figure out what your children's love languages are. If they are young, then it might be a little harder, but they will show you. So first, you observe their reaction to things. Take some mental notes on how they respond to the different love languages. Do they light up when you give them verbal praise? If you're watching a show or a movie, do they want to be right up next to you, cuddling with you? Do they really appreciate spending quality time with you? Or on the flip side, would they rather spend time playing alone? I have one kid that is always asking to do stuff with us while the other one says we do too many things as a family, which made me laugh. But also, listen to their requests. Pay attention to what your children are asking for when they need comfort or reassurance. Some children may straight up ask for affection like a hug. I have a hugger and I love it. I know when she is upset or just not herself that I can go up and give her a hug and it will make her feel a little better. And you may have a child that actually gets annoyed by hugs and may need comforting words or just your undivided attention. Or if they're always asking, mommy, did you see what I did? Mommy, do you like this? They may be looking for words of affirmation. Also, take notice of how they express affection. Children, like adults, will often express love in the same way they prefer to receive it. So if your child loves to give you things, draw you pictures, makes you bracelets, or any type of handmade gifts, gifts may be their love language. If your kid is constantly coming up to you and giving you hugs or clinging to you, physical touch may be their love language. Or if they're always giving you compliments or saying, I love you, words of affirmation may be their love language. You could also ask them directly. If your kids are a little older and have that self-awareness, you can ask them. 
You can even make it a conversation at the dinner table. You can introduce the topic of love languages and then ask them what types they think they are. You can even ask them to guess what type you are. You could also experiment with the different approaches. So play around with the different love languages to see how your children react. And here are a few examples of how you would do that. So for words of affirmation, this one's a little easier one. It's literally using encouraging words, which I'm sure most of you already do, especially with your littles. If they are playing with Legos or drawing a picture or did good on a test, it's as simple as saying, great job. I love what you're building. That's such a beautiful picture. Or if they don't do great on a test, not putting them down and just encouraging them, telling them that it's okay and that you know that they'll do better next time. One of the things I like to do for words of affirmation is I put a joke in their lunchbox every day. This can also be considered an act of service, but I print out a bunch of free lunchbox jokes, which you can just Google free lunchbox jokes and literally get a ton of them. And I usually do them by season. Currently, I'm doing a winter theme. I usually do Valentine's themes around this time of year, but I had so many winter ones that I'm just using them up. But I write a little one-liner on them, and I actually hide a little smiley face somewhere in them, and then just write, love mom, XOXO. I have them cut up. I keep their cabinet with a thin black Sharpie next to it. So I literally just take them out. It takes me two minutes to write them out max, and I take them into their lunchbox. So that way when they go to have lunch, no matter what kind of day they're happening, they open up that lunchbox and they see a little note for me reminding them that I do love them. For acts of service, you'll probably laugh at this one because I'm sure as moms, we feel like all we do is serve our kids and our family, literally and figuratively. But it's just like I said with your partner. This is doing something a little extra. Maybe it's helping them organize their room, staying to watch one of their activities that you would normally just drop them off at. Same with maybe means watching them dance through the window. I know when my girls were little, they don't dance anymore, but their dancing school had a window that parents could look through in the waiting room and you could just see what they're working on. And this goes without saying, but show up for the important things the recitals, the shows, the important games. Being there makes a difference. Having your child look out into a crowd and seeing the parents showing up and not seeing anyone for them, that's just like heartbreaking. If you go on social media, then I'm sure you've seen the reels of the kids on stage for a concert looking all upset and scanning the crowd. And then all of a sudden he spots his parents and his face lights up and he starts singing his little heart out. They notice when you're not there. So show up. For receiving gifts, you can surprise them with a treat. I sometimes sneak a Hershey kiss into their lunchbox as a little surprise kiss for me, especially if they're having a rough week or a test. If you're out running an errand, maybe pick them up a treat, their favorite Starbucks drink. I mentioned this last week, but I am not a big random gift giver. And I actually reflected on it this week to kind of get to the bottom of why I, I'm not a big gift giver. And it's for two reasons. One, I already knew this one. It's because I don't like to waste money. It's it's just really not my love language. I went through years of penny pinching, trying to get out of debt, couponing and saving, and it's just like habits ingrained in me, which I think are actually a good thing. But the bigger reason right now is clutter. Michael went through this Pokemon card phase, and my mom would surprise him with Pokemon packs all of the time, and he would like one card out of the entire bunch. Sometimes he would get them and not even like any of the cards. And I would just find these cards everywhere. It drove me bananas. He eventually got binders for most of them, and I ended up getting a box for the rest. But between the money spent on those cards and the space they took up, well, still take up because he still has them, it's just a lot. So I would rather surprise them with a treat. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and it's actually the perfect day to surprise your kids with a little treat. You can have them wake up to a little Valentine. 
for quality time, this is actually an important one. And whether it's their love language or not, time just goes way too fast. And you really want to make the most out of the years you have with them where they actually want to spend the time with you. So we are great at spending time as a family, but I'm trying to get better at spending that one-to-one time with each of the kids. You can spend one-to-one time doing something that they enjoy, like bring them to the park or the mall or for a treat or just chat. And make sure your phone is away. If you want to capture the moment with a fun selfie, that's fine. Take your phone out, take the picture, but that's it. Give them your undivided attention. And you can combine this with the other love languages too. If they like gifts, you can surprise them with a gift that also allows you to spend quality time with them. Maybe a craft kit from Michael's. If they like art, they get to do a new craft and you can work on it together. Or a new board game, you can bring them to Target, let them pick out a game and then go home and play it together. Or that treat, you can bring them to Starbucks or out for ice cream and sit and enjoy it with them. Ask your kids what they want to do and do it with them. One of Ashley's favorite things to do with me one-on-one is to go to a cute coffee shop we have in town and sit and have coffee. And that's a total win-win for me. Going to the mall, which is another thing they love to do, is not so fun for me. So anytime they want to go out for a coffee, I'm all about it. But the idea is that you're doing something that they love. And the last one is physical touch. This can be cuddling, watching their favorite show or movie, or getting into bed with them and cuddling while reading a bedtime story, or if they're older, just to chat. My kids love to look at old pictures and videos, so with older kids, you can cuddle in their bed and take a trip down memory lane. Physical touch can also be those unsolicited hugs. I try to make it a point to hug the kids every morning and give them a hug and kiss before they go to bed at night, so those are important things too. If I find a reason to do it during the day, I'll try to squeeze those hugs in there too. It can also be holding their hand on the way to school. Michael actually stopped holding my hand last year. Every once in a while, he would reach for my hand and I savored it every time because I never knew which time would be that last. I'm still hoping he'll reach for my hand one of these days while he's still in fifth grade because I doubt he'll let me walk him to school once he's in middle school. So I'm sorry if this episode completely depressed any of you talking about how fast time goes, but as parents, I'm sure you're unfortunately very aware already. (laughs) That wasn't my intention at all, but I do hope that I raised your awareness. Regardless of what love language your child is, it's about parenting with intention and showing your kids, not just telling them that you love them. It's about showing up and being present, putting down those phones, making that eye contact, listening, and acknowledging them. And remember, children's love languages can and will change and evolve over time. So that awareness is key. Keep it going. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would love to hear how this episode helped you and how you're going to incorporate love languages into your parenting. Head on over to our Facebook community and tell me all about it. The link is in our show notes. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know that they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or come on over and hang out with us in our Facebook community. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat.